When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. You know I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high-quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value, all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is oh so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com etm. Hey, I'm Shauna Compton-Game. This is Millennial Money, and today we're continuing our summer money series with Douglas Bonaparte, another CFP, and we're talking about how to be honest with your financial goals. so excited to welcome you to the podcast to talk all about um, some summer money tips. That's right. Let's help some people. Awesome. So before we kind of get into the tips, um, I know you're out um, just like I am, you know, spreading the word about financial literacy and um, you're kind of everywhere. So give the listeners a little bit of background about who you are and how you kind of got to the CFP career that you're in. Yeah, sure. So my name is Douglas Bonaparte, and I'm the president of Bonafide Wealth, which is a Manhattan-based boutique wealth management firm specializing in hardworking young professionals, millennials, and entrepreneurs, um, of which there's no short supply of those in Manhattan. And what I like to do is invest in people first and know that by doing so, 
um, we're going to grow together and we're going to achieve those great things in life together. So that's a little bit about myself and how I got involved in this was growing up the son of a certified financial planner. Um, short of bribery, I think I was kind of brought into the business. Um, it was I, hypnosis I at night, right? Oh, you will do yeah. this. It was far worse than that. Um, <laughs> you know, I think I, I was finishing my my uh, freshman year and my father said, so what are you doing this summer? And, and I didn't want to leave school. It was way too much fun. I said, I'm, I think I'm just going to stick around and take classes, of course. And he says, you know what, why don't, why don't you do that in the second half of the summer? You know, go, go, check out, uh, go check out our home office. And when I came back from that little trip, uh, on my bed was a Series 7 manual. And, you know, from, from there... <laughs> every summer industry fun stuff uh, industry exams and um, before I moved to New York City to, to, to you know start my own uh, kind of career uh, after working with my dad for four years um, I took up the CFP and figured hey why don't, why don't I try and get this done at 25 and from there it was year by year just building and grinding and eventually as of December last year so note that uh, as 2008 to 2000 end of 2016 so eight years of, of really just kind of working hard and, and figuring out getting an MBA and really again hustling as hard as I could uh, to, to launch my own firm uh, and specialize in, in what I'm doing um, so I re- <laughs> that's that's uh, you know 12 years of my life in a nutshell yeah so what are, oh, I can imagine being in New York you're on the other coast from me um, you know I bet there's some interesting dynamics with Millennials what, what is it like for a millennial to live and work and have some cash in, in Manhattan is it tough? Yeah, you know, there's a lot of cliche expressions about, you know, the the city that never sleeps and the big apple. And and it's one of those places that um, you know, either you're going to beat it or it's going to beat you. And um it's, it it I think it brings out the best and some people say it can bring out the worst, but I think it brings out the best in people. Um the competition's very very real there. Um it's it's perhaps cutthroat depending on what industry you're in, finance, law, and even being an entrepreneur, you know, there's, there's a lot of pressure there. Um, but that's, that's what I like. It motivates me. And those are the types of people that I want to work with the people who almost have no time to focus on some of the things, you know, surrounding their personal financial life and they need someone that they can trust and relate to. So that, that's why I view there, there being an opportunity. And I love watching people grow. I love investing in people and seeing where their hard work takes them. I know where it, could, I know where it took me. So it's, it's easy to spot people who are working at that same capacity. And I, I want to work with them. Yeah, I think we we both share kind of that same love for, you know, people who are passionate about what they do and, um, you know, maybe just have never learned the tools or, you know, tips or just don't even have anyone to go to that looks like them to talk about money. Exactly. Yeah, we were just talking uh, beforehand about there being, you know, some issues in in the industry, and and I voice them pretty frequently. But and the CFP board knows them very well. It's a, a gender problem. Uh, there, there are too many male advisors over female, so a shortage of female advisors or CFPs. Um, there's uh, obviously a um, ethnicity problem. Uh, there's there's just a lot of white men. We were talking about. <laughs> um, <laughs> me included. I've been and in many they, of those rooms. 
Yeah, I'm sure. You know, you can't you can't go to uh, a CE credit day and, and not feel, I'm sure for you feel like all right, well, one of these things is not like the others. And then um, there's also just um, an age gap. You know, the industry is graying, and uh, the average age being upper 50s really really creates some interesting times ahead for the industry. Um, and uh, that's maybe a conversation for another time. But th- those are the challenges that are out there, and there and for a lot of people, they're opportunities for me. You know, I think I think they're and and you obviously. Um, these are massive opportunities to to be very successful. Yeah, absolutely. So we're rolling into the summer, and you know, summer is normally time when we think about vacations and things like that. But it's also, I think, a great time to think about your money situation and maybe a time where you have a little bit more headspace. It's you're not as stressful. Um, you know, some people have summer hours and things like that. I want to talk about some tips you might have of how people could start to get their their money in shape this summer. Are there any like top three tips maybe that roll off your head of of people who are, you know, not working with a financial planner and you know, but really want to try and make some some change in their finances this summer. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, you know, regardless of season, I think these are these are evergreen tips. But you know, if this is the time that you're taking to get your financial house in order, let's start with the following system pertaining to goals. And it's not enough just to know what your goals are. And I think it's obviously very important to identify them. It's the first step, really. And, you know, they're going to change over time, but this is where you need to have an honest conversation with yourself. What is it that you really want to accomplish? And, and you know, I could get all, um, you know, inspirational here and be like, you know, you only live one time. What is it you want to do in this life? And get really charged up like I often do. But the first step is to identify those goals. So find out what it is that you want to accomplish. So they become real. And then there's two other components to this. You have to then quantify them Mm. by time and value. I think it's very important to know when you want to achieve this goal and how much is that goal going to cost. Some of these things in the short term are easy. So if it's uh, saving for a home or paying down student loan debt, you know what those amounts are. If you know the kind of house you want to build or you know what your, hopefully you know what your outstanding student loan balance is. And then you can come up with the time frame. And that way, by doing some simple math, you know what it will uh, take each month to actually um, make that goal happen. And the third is to prioritize your goals. And this is because we have more than one goal. And if money wasn't an option, we wouldn't need to do this. You could just solve all your goals right, right. there. But money is an option. And we have to be, yeah, it's a shame. <laughs> Y'all can't hold that lotto ticket. Although, you know, if you have a dollar, you have a dream, right? Right. But by by prioritizing them, we understand where our first and our last dollar of savings should go and how to sacrifice one goal for another. I'll give you an example. My wife, Heather, and I, you know, we, we had a baby a year and a half ago, and all of a sudden, buying a house became our number one goal because it would solve a lot of things in our life, not just a roof over our head, but we needed more space, we needed schools for our child, and, and things like that. So, Paying back our student loan debt at an accelerated pace, of course, making our normal payments is, was mandatory, or saving additionally for retirement, those became second or third to that primary goal of saving for a home. So 
And I think that's, I think that's a really important thing to talk about because, you know, we, we live in a era right now where, you know, certainly all the articles, not all uh, the majority of the articles that you read online or blogs or things like that are about being, you know, you got to rapidly pay off all, all of your stuff all at once, you know, and it puts people, I think a little bit in a frenzy about it. You know, I've, it really does. I've heard couples who have, you know, endless arguments over this, you know, to the point where they're throwing out the, you know, the terrible D word. Um, and yeah. I think that, you know, it, it's great that you bring this tip up because your goals do, do change obviously. And if a goal is buying a house, then yeah, it's, it's totally okay to put some of the other stuff, some of the rapid debt payoff on kind of the back burner. Yeah. You know, there's, there's no really hard and fast or, you know, always the right answer. And the reason for that is personal goals are personal. They're completely subjective. And I don't want, you know, as an advisor, I never tell my clients like this has to be more important than this in your life. Think about that. I just told someone what's important in their life should be the other way around. They're going to tell me what's important in their life. So I definitely want listeners to know that when you're honest with your own financial goals and you can quantify them and prioritize them, don't let anybody tell you what is more important to you. It just doesn't make sense that way. You have to go for that. Look, I would have loved, I would have loved to have paid down debt faster and maxed out the 401ks and retirement plans and save for a home. That just wasn't what was going on in our lives. And we knew by doing that exercise, we knew what the consequences, so to speak, were mm-hmm. of doing one goal versus the other. We went into this eyes wide open. And that's what I want people to do is just, go, you know, it's okay. It might not be ideal, might not be what you really want, but you're sure. fully aware of what that means to your financial life. That's empowerment to me. So that's and, tip number one. And how often do you suggest that people look at their goals or review their goals? Sure. So uh, goals can be, you know, short-term, intermediate, long-term. So as you live your life, you'll cycle through short-term goals. So we bought a house, right? That's done. I don't plan on buying another one anytime soon. <laughs> They're expensive. <laughs> they, they, they are. And apparently you have to upkeep them and, and you know, I, oh, I call it, my, yeah. I call it my, my, my big pit of money. I just get to throw cash into now. No, don't, don't let that detract you from, from home ownership. It can be a great thing. But, um, because short-term goals get cycled through, you're going to find yourself moving on to your next goal. Now, the long-term goals, they, they tend to stick around, right? So financial independence, otherwise known as retirement, you know, this is that, that moving target we're always trying to hit and get to. So when you think of it like that from the short end to the long end, you'll find that, you know, you want to be nimble here. You want to be able to, and it's a good point you bring up because what might be your goal today could easily, you know, turn into something different, right? Having kids like, Oh my goodness, we're having a child. All of a sudden priorities get shuffled around in those cases quite a bit. So life's fickle, right? Things will change. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. 
And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy, workout-friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com etm for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash etm. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. (laughs) I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash E-T-M. Go to joindeleteme.com slash E-T-M and use code E-T-M for 20% off. Absolutely. Awesome. All right. So what, what's, what's up for tip number two? Okay. So we're still staying with fundamentals here because I think that, you know, the second part along with the first tip is really where most of personal financial foundations are, are laid and that is mastering cash flow, right? So mm-hmm. we really want to get intimate with this part of our financial life and that's understanding what's coming in and going out each month. We should have a really good understanding of what it is you're making. You should know what you're making. Yes. <laughs> right. That, that, yes, please start there. <laughs> please start there. And I understand if you're, if you're hustling or you have a side hustle on top of your main job or your main hustle is that side hustle <laughs> or you're just, you know, variability in pay is, you know, the new norm for so many young professionals. Um, it's always been the American way though, right? Starting sure, your yeah. own business. Yeah. It's, it's like a renaissance, but if there's variability in pay and you've been doing it for a while, you should, 
be, you know, you should be able to set some targets for yourself and say like low, medium and high. So understand whether you're a salaried employee or an entrepreneur with very variability in pay, you should have a good understanding of what's coming in or a good estimate of what that's going to be. All right. So that's the top line, right? And that's usually the, the easy part. Yeah. Right, it's right? Always the, always the easy part. We right? love to write down how much money we're making. It's the second oh, yeah. part that gets a little sticky. Right. Right. So we're going to move into the bottom line. So this is where money is going and cash flow is what's actually happening. And your budget, you know, is what you think is happening, right? And yep. the difference between those two is how much you're lying to yourself. Now, you are, really, you're speaking my language. Yes, right, absolutely. Yeah, this, this is, this is, this is your wheelhouse right here. Yes. So the goal is to reconcile, you know, what it is you're actually spending your money on against what it is you're budgeting for. Cause that budget, you know, should have what it is you're hoping to save each month. So this is ultimately why this tip is very important because we want to uncover what it is, hopefully we can save. And if you can't, if you're not in a position to do that yet, or if you're moving backwards, you know, for, for legitimate reasons, as well as, you know, Hey, you're just out of control reasons. Um, you know, this is really where we want to do our analysis to find out what's going on, what changes we need to make. Um, look, you know, again, one of these things I, I, you know, when dealing in my practice, I never tell my clients how to spend their money. If a bagel and latte every morning is what gets you out of bed so you can go crush it and do really well and compete and reach for excellence, please, for the love of God, keep (laughs) drinking that latte and having that bagel. You know, maybe it's the fancy dinners four times a week that is excessive, which, you know, it probably is. But again, it's not, not my business. What I care about is you said in this first step, these are my goals. Here's when I want to achieve them. These are the most important ones. I'm going to need X dollars a month which, by the way, I budgeted for, at least for goal number one and two. And then three months go by, and you say to yourself, well, geez, you know, I should have had $6,000 saved up. I only have four. Well, what happened there? Right. You know, what, what, what does cash flow tell you that you've done? And I ask you to do one of two things when you're there. Either change the behavior, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I spent too much. I did that thing. I went on that trip. I bought that, bought that stuff. I probably need to kind of calm down over this next quarter or own it, right? Yeah. You can't have it both ways. And it's okay to own that. But what's that mean? That means go back to your goals and say, all right, well, I'm not ready to give up this kind of lifestyle expense, right? This kind of cash flow situation where I felt really good doing the things that I was doing, or this is what I could afford to do. It's just my situation. Um, I'm going to have to adjust those goals. I'm going to be honest with myself and recognize that maybe instead of goal A being accomplished in 24 months, it needs to be 36 because I want to live a certain way. That's owning it to me, yeah. and that's perfectly okay. Now, this is the last part. If you find yourself punting that goal every single quarter or every <laughs> single year, uh, yeah, right, we, you know, let's let's you know, these are the things that working with advisors are good for. You know, you and I, we'll, we'll call you out for this. Right, we will. Right, exactly. If you just don't listen, eh, maybe the relationship's not going to last. But that's okay. So what do you what do you say to people that are kind of struggling with, um, you know, whether they they save money each month or they pay off debt? Because there's a lot of people in that kind of, you know, yeah. teeter totter where they're like, God, I just I don't even know which way to go on this. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. I, this, this is always, you know, when I'm doing speaking engagements too, this always comes up. There's always someone in the crowd that's like, well, my loans at X percent, you know, there's always the person right. looking for the strict financial answer. Like <laughs> what's the most productive use of that dollar, you know, and they're trying to, and they kind of know that and they're trying to get you in a way. And, yeah. and I actually, I appreciate that because they're definitely demonstrating some, some more advanced understanding of, of finance. But, um, Look, you know, subject, subjectivity rears its uh, its face again in this de- this department. So, like, I'll give you an example. You know, a cash reserve, right? Sitting mm-hmm. in money market checking savings. So this is just three to six months of your living expenses, high and dry in cash. You know, what what's the value of that security? Yeah, you know? right. Well, yep. how, how do you how do you quantify that? And and you know, for someone who's risk adverse or very nervous about their job or their life or where they are, you know, that cash reserve could mean everything. It could be invaluable. Yet from a financial function, it's earning 0.01% in your checking account. Yep. Wow. So look at, look at the disparity there. You're like, how do you really place that value? There's that subjectivity component once again. But look, everyone has a balancing point. And again, Mm -hmm. being honest with yourself, if, if you're the kind of person who um, really, really can't, you know, deal with the fact there's too much emotion behind the fact you have debt and you want to attack that and you don't want to save for anything else and you want to, you know, just be a complete hawk about it by all means, you know, go for it. You know, if, if that's how aggressive you want to be, just please understand that you might not have that cash reserve. You might be putting off other goals in your life to go do that, you know, and then it's the other way around where, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do income-based repayments on my debt, which mm-hmm. by the way is a crutch, or I'm going to pay my minimum right. so I can go, um, you know, focus on my career. I want to make VP. I want to make managing director. I'm going to bet on myself because if I can do that, who cares about this student loan debt? I'll have that paid off next bonus. There's the other, and, and that's that's the other extreme, right? Yeah. So so people are going to find, hopefully, gravitate towards more of a mean, more of the middle there, and find out what works best for them. Again, go back to step one. Go back to what your goals are and which ones are most important to you. Let that dictate how it is you allocate your savings. Yeah, that's awesome. Awesome. All right. So what about a, what about a third tip? All right. This is a shameless plug, and that's yes. to go. This is to go by the Millennial Money Fix, which is your summer reading assignment from me. This is a book my wife and I wrote, and it comes out August 21st, and I'd love to tell you about it. Yeah, so tell us. Tell us about it. Sure. So we call my wife the millennial problem because here is somebody who in 2007, when we graduated from the University of Florida, decided, let's go to law school. Let's go to New York City. Let's take out a quarter million dollars in student loan debt. And, you know, from everything they're telling me here in the financial aid office, I should be able to pay that back in five years. And, of course, like many Americans, I don't think anyone counted on 2008 happening there. So Heather, as well as many of our friends, demonstrated what the consequences can be of not having a financial education. And we wanted to take it further than that. We really wanted to examine what the financial challenges are facing millennials, facing this generation, both young and old. And we we were able to pretty much point to four things, the lack of financial education, the rising cost of higher education, of college, the availability of student loans, so student loan debt. And the labor environment that we're in, you know, we were talking yeah. about gig economy. Hustle. I mean, it's it's really very different from what our parents and grandparents faced. So that's that's the problem. And then we wanted to provide the fix. And this is going to be the most practical 
financial, personal financial book that you can pick up. We're going to bring you chronologically from graduating high school all the way through um, some form of retirement that we're calling financial independence. So we're going to give you all the lessons that you should have learned but didn't. We're going to use our humor and we're going to use our own stories from having gone through this ourselves. We have skin in the game on this. You got to have humor, right? (laughs) Got to have humor to deal with the six figures of multiple six figures. And, you know, this isn't Doug. Oh, what, what does he know about you know this. Oh, we we know it all too well. And what yeah. we want to share with you is hopefully the information in this book is going to show you by leading by example that you can have six figures in student loan debt. You still can achieve the great things in life. Start families, buy homes. You know, have retirement or financial independence. These are things that can be had if you just learn a little bit more about personal finance and these tools that you should have been equipped with. Where where. We're here to tell you it's possible. Oh, I love it. All right. So tell us again when the book comes out and where we can find it. Absolutely. So the book comes out August 24th, uh, excuse me, August 21st, and you can pre-order it right now. You can go to themillennialmoneyfix.com. It's on Amazon. You can find it there at barnesandnoble.com. It'll be in bookstores, and uh, but everyone goes to amazon.com, right? Right, I know, are. right? Yeah, but themillennialmoneyfix.com, we built a website for it. It'll be social media, all that great stuff. And please pick up a copy today and uh, let us know what you think. Awesome. Yeah. I'll put a link for everybody in the show notes too, so they can just head directly over there. They don't even have to remember it. That's great. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Doug, for joining us on the podcast. We've loved having you and hey, we'd love to have you back again, uh, closer to the actual book launch and, um, and talk more about those tips. Thank you so much for having me. This is such a great experience. Thank you. Thank you. And I will definitely be back. 